Welcome to a football show, Monday edition, not Victory Monday, and also bartender edition. He is Zach. I am Braden. I'm serving all the beverages today. You are serving all the takes. We are, of course, here at the pharmacy because of the weather. We are inside, but look at this spectacular, gorgeous place where we're going to talk Titans here for the next hour, maybe F- some SEC stuff as well. Filling in the Christmas spirit. Not the Dehenber spirit, but the Christmas spirit. Well, Dehenber hey, is dead. Did you Do you feel good if you listened to last Thursday's show? Zach told all of you. We need to go away from Derrick Henry. We need to go to Traylon Burks. And it looked good. Did you feel good about that <laughs> for the did. first six minutes of the game? Yeah, it looked good, uh, especially when he caught the touchdown. And then it looked bad when he didn't get up from the touchdown. Yeah, it was really, really scary. So we'll get I the... even put in like a anytime Burks, anytime touchdown in a 100-yard receiving parlay. So maybe it's oh, my fault. It is. It, well, everything, as usual, is, is, mine. is, is your fault. This <laughs> is my world, and you all are just living in it. Everything I do affects the Tennessee Titans. Well, I'll see if I can get somebody back here to get you guys some beers. I'll get you some beers. We'll take care of you. We know he likes to drink beer during this show. But come on out, of course, to the pharmacy here in East Nashville and McFerrin Avenue. Great place to come hang out. We got the start, the soda rail right here. You got the milkshakes. You got the beers. You got the burgers. You got great swag. You got brats and tots. So come on out and hang out. Great place to take the kids. Although that means, Zach, you're going to have to be careful because there are some kids around. And since we are inside... You have a very large bo- voice. You project yes. your voice quite well. And if you're going to be here talking about a an absolute drubbing, much like the Buffalo Bills game, which is very similar to this game with the Eagles and the Titans, then we might need to be careful with some of the words we use as we look around and see. Well, maybe since maybe Christmas, some children here. You, you know? know, maybe since it's Christmas, I can use like fudge. You know, this okay. fudging team, fudging stinks. <laughs> Like I fudging said from the beginning of the fudging season. Have you been working on that? No. Since yesterday? No, actually. (laughs) Um, All right. So we got a lot of stuff to discuss. Of course, the Titans are now officially in the middle class. We've got offense not being able to function. Can they fix it? Of course, we've got the defense. Uh, How good is it? The injuries are a huge part of where this this team is going to be going over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, We'll get into the college football playoff as well. Did the committee get it right? I think Vols fans need a little perspective. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State fatigue, so a lot of fun stuff. Of course, make sure you come out to the pharmacy, as we mentioned. Wonderful place to take the family, unless Zach is here yelling fudge at the Titans. Well, the fudge is okay. Are we That's now true. eliminating fudge as the other Fudge F-word? has been canceled. Fudge, is, fudge has been canceled Man, as well. that fudging sucks. <laughs> so come out to the pharmacy. And, of course, the Kingston Group, our other title sponsor, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, of course, is the website. Before you make any big decisions about your house, just talk to them. Just give them a call. They'll give you a great quote on what your whatever job it is you need, a renovation. If you're buying a house, just talk to them. They'll give you great, great advice, and they'll make sure you make the best decision for your home. So, again, the Pharmacy Kingston Group, make sure you turn on all the notifications. Get into the comment section as well. We'll try to answer some questions here as we – there'll be some catharsis here on the show today for, for Zach and Titans fans, I imagine. So Yeah, I mean, you know, what catharsis is really needed because of what the Titans did what I said at the beginning of the year. They're the middle class. They have proved that they are the middle class of the NFL. And here's the thing. The, when I talk about the middle class, think of a neighborhood. Okay, <laughs> they are the nice. They are the 500k home in a 400k neighborhood. So that means there's a so bunch not, of neighborhoods. They're not screwed up the comps. No, they're helping no. the comps. They're helping the comps because okay. everybody else sucks in the middle class. <laughs> and that is what the NFL is this year. The NFL is is terrible. I, I we've talked about yeah, it bad. all year long. It's, it's down across the board. The AFC South is even worse. And the Titans have benefited from an easy schedule. They benefited from being in an easy division. And we talked about the beginning of the year after the Bills lost, and everybody was like, oh, you know, you got to give a chance. You got to give a chance. This team is essentially, it's a crystal burger. Okay? <laughs> so listen, it's a crystal burger. We are at the pharmacy. Uh, well, you're going to bring that name we, up? We, we, let me get to my comparison. Right, sorry, okay? Sorry. My apologies. Stepping all over everything. 
<laughs> it's like a crystal burger. You go White Castle. You only go when you're drunk. And this team, and it's good, uh, okay. right? It's okay. it's a good it's a good food when you're drunk. And this team, when you're drunk, is very good. <laughs> but when you take a crystal burger and put it next to a pharmacy burger, i.e., put the Titans next to the Bills, the Chiefs, the um, Eagles, the Bengals. It's not a great burger, right? When you put the crystal next to them, to it's not a great burger. The, to say the least. Yeah. So basically, the Titans can't aren't aren't able to basically be a wagyu burger or a nice yeah. uh, farm raised patty burger. <laughs> they are a square, plain, steamed pile of mess. All right. So as usual, I always feel like I'm in the middle uh, on some of this stuff when it comes to the Titans because. I, the NFL is such a weird place. The, the NFL, to your point, the offense has been terrible this year. The offense, NFL is such a weird b- world because people feel like they're falling off the ledge today because of the way they played against Cincinnati and the way they played against Philly. Most importantly, in the trenches, being pushed around, sort of people playing the Titans style and then executing in those games. And while that is a huge concern, and while they have looked bad against the Wagyu beef burger of the NFL, Buffalo and Philly and Cincinnati. It, it, they also won like what seven out of eight <laughs> against uh, no playoff no, teams. But who's the rest of the schedule going to be? Well, that does what? But they're like, get into the playoffs. We, listen, I understand Let's that they're going to go. Well, they're going to go four and one. But again, this goes back to hey, congratulations! You got your double digit participation trophy. You did it. God. You guys did it. You got your 11-1, hang the banner, the AFC South champs. Good for you guys. You were able to beat the Jaguars, <laughs> Texans, and Colts. Woo! You guys are good. I, I get it. <laughs> None of that's wrong. None of that's yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's None what that's I'm wrong. saying. When I say that, when I said at the beginning of the year, the season's over, this team can't compete with anybody. All they've done is prove what I've said. They, against mediocre teams and against below average teams, they're going to win. They may not blow them out. They're going to win. When they play the Jaguars, they're going to win. And when they play the Texans, they're going to win. When they play the Chargers, they're going to win. When they play the Cowboys, they're going to get smoked. Because the Cowboys are a Wagyu beef burger. You think so? Okay, all right. There's well, I mean, obviously. It's pretty obvious if you watch Cowboys There's game. a chance that they are. They've also, Mike McCarthy also figures out ways to, like. But that's like, in the playoffs. So, like, drop you don't, the burger You, you don't get to play and... the NFC in the playoffs. No, 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 I know. I, I just... <laughs> Luckily for some of these teams. What's weird is that I believe in the, like, the Bills I have no questions about. In the playoffs, they will be a tough out no matter what happens, no matter who they're playing, no matter where they're playing. Chiefs tough out no matter who they're playing no matter where they're playing i'm starting to feel that way about cincinnati a little bit more as they oh come, they're in the titans they, heads they they yes. have you talk about a neighborhood they have mansions okay in the titans head so uh, i mean i, I mean it, they, they sent ryan Tannehill to therapy and i know that's sometimes not it may be uncouth to joke about but no, they no, are in they are in the head of the entire titans yeah. team i agree with that the and eagles, they're just on another level the eagles are also Right now in the regular season, just like the Cowboys, in my opinion, they are the the Wagyu beef, the mansion, whatever analogy we're using here. I don't disagree with that, but I have so many like the Vikings are the same way. I don't I don't know how much I trust Kirk Cousins the same way. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't trust Dak Prescott. I don't know what to expect of the Eagles in the postseason. The problem with the Titans, to your point about being in the AFC, is that the three guys I do trust are Joe Burrow, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And trying to get past those three guys limits the upside of this team now. Again, I'm going to always kind of spin it towards the NFL. Oh, this team would get destroyed by the Dolphins, by the way. Maybe. Maybe so. I mean, you, you saw that they were content with putting Trey uh, Avery on an island with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. So just think what Jalen Waddle and 
uh, Tyreek Hill's going to do. I mean, give me a give me a break. Can we with can we say defense. upper middle class because they're not the elites, right? We're not. Yeah, talking, well, they're nowhere near the. Elites. We're not talking coastal elites. Well, that's here. why I'm saying they were 500k in a 400k neighborhood. And then and then like the Bills have like a 900 thousand dollar house, like a million dollar mansion. Is oh, that, they're like two million dollars. So I think there's a bit. So there's I, a there's a huge gap okay. between. I think they're I think they're higher up than that. Where I mean, in the NFL, where would you rank them? Because this offense is really holding it back. I, I don't like I've it. said all year, and the defense has kind of given up. It feels like these last two games. Uh, this, these are so. Where and I know we're going to get into these topics. Yeah, we're going to go because I, I think what what matters is how, what do you believe about where the team is going? Yeah, they're going nowhere. And if like you believe, I mean, I mean, from like an actual personnel standpoint, oh. like if, if they if Trey Lundberg's is injury is minimal, if Christian Fulton's injury is minimal, if if Autry's back healthy, if Jones is going to be playing every game, if. Jeffrey Simmons has time to get healthy. Frankly, Ryan Tannehill got, got re-injured. That was a devastating game for not just the scoreboard purposes. They walked into that game probably feeling like they were healthier than they've been in a while. The only person out of that that you mentioned, besides Zanico Autry, but the only people that get left the game that really could have helped this team in any kind of capacity would have been Traylon Burks. Christian Fulton was getting manhandled the whole... He did exactly the opposite what of what we, we said. Because We said that he should be manhandling A.J. Brown, and he just he just can't. I know. I, I guess my point is, is do you believe that... It with a weak schedule and a guaranteed spot in the playoffs that this team can get healthy, make some adjustments, and give themselves a chance to win a playoff game and then maybe on the road play up to the competition in a second playoff game, which we probably are going to pick them to lose it. I'm just saying, where do you think this this roster and this team could be do, at the end of the when season? When you talk about health, have they fired their strength and conditioning uh I, staff in I, between now and the, and the end of the year because let me let me say something i would need direct correlation evidence or something look at the players that have left this team and have look at aj brown healthy as a horse look at rashawn evans two thirds he, healthy as a horse two. i mean you can point to players that have left this team in recent memory that besides jack conklin jack conklin would be the one <laughs> Uh, that has pretty much stayed healthy through at least their first season out of the thing so are you suggesting that I, the, the, the toughness and the physicality with which Mike Vrabel wants to build a locker room and a culture is just hard on the body. I think it. I, I don't think so because I don't think they practice that hard to a level where that really affects it. I think what the problem is is that whatever they're doing in rehab, whatever they're doing in the weight room, is not working and translating. All right. And it, I think that's it's been that way for a long time, and it's just soft tissue injury after soft tissue injury. And, one guy, he's like, oh, my groin's healed up, and oh, my groin's not healed up. It's like someone there does not know what they're doing in their in their job and their recovery. I, I guess and I, it's been proven. I mean, come on. I I'm mean, just the not, evidence I'm just not is qualified just to agree or disagree with you on that is how yeah. I feel. Like, I yeah, just don't... But that that's, don't it plays into the health. This team can never stay healthy at the right time. And it's if Danico... When Danico Autry comes back, uh, Bud Dupree will probably go down. So, you know, when Bud Dupree comes back, the Danico Autry will go down. Like, it's just like you can't have everything that you yeah, want yeah. because this team can't get its players and keep its players healthy. Uh, so to get, to get back to your, like your kind of original question about um, where would I put them? Right? Let's, let's just, just focus on the NFC or excuse me, the AFC, like the, the issue. And this is, I think good news for the Tennessee Titans as a, just like the fact that the entire league is playing bad offense and defense is more important right now than it has been in a long time. It still doesn't change the fact that I think the top three teams are driven by elite level quarterback. Play. Right. So those three are kind of the side. And, and right but, now, but right it's now, not just that. It's it's elite level quarterback play with elite level playmakers. I mean, you got Stephon Diggs, yeah, yeah, you got Gabriel no, Davis, you got you got coaches and an offensive staff that knows how to press and stay attack <laughs> and then stay aggr- aggressive. And it's just, not just the only thing. Sep- 
the thing separating the Bengals from the Tennessee Titans is not just Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. You know, it's a it's a Defensive whole line. Schemes. There's some yeah. scheme advantage there. I, I guess I, I would argue though that they wouldn't be much. I would have them at four. I, if you want to argue Miami, that's fine. But but the drop off after the top three, if, if that's the elite of the AFC. I would call the Titans upper middle class, putting them at number four, which is where they're going to be seated probably at all this. And a lot of my expectations for this team is going to depend on how they respond to how they've been treated the last two weeks by opposing offenses and defenses. But what, if, how they respond, they have to respond to it in the playoffs, right? I mean, no, I, like, I, I agree, isn't it responding to the Jaguars with a 27 to 20 win? Is that really doing anything for you? I, and I, maybe 27 is too high. Maybe it's like 24 is <laughs> 19. Offensive, offensive explosion. Yeah. No, I think it's about mentality, physicality. Do they impose their will on Jacksonville? Don't let Trevor well, Lawrence yeah, get loose. Yeah, of course, loose. because it's like, a lesser team. Let's be healthy. Let's get guys back. And so let's see where they are. You know, there's the Dallas game. Obviously. Like, I, 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 I just, think the Dallas game will tell me more than any of the other games combined. Maybe the Chargers game will tell me a little bit something about this team, but the Chargers suck. Until they fire Brandon Staley, they're a mediocre team. Well, they've been, they've been very injured. Let's get to the offense here because yeah. I, we want to find out about the because the offense can't function, and, of course, it can't it, be fixed. It, it can't. <laughs> the, my question is, what is it that people have figured out about Derrick Henry? Or, because you spent all offseason talking about the, the, the decline, of, an, of a running back at around 1,500 carries, around seven or eight years, and around his age, that is when the decline of the normal human body begins as, you, as you've carried the football in the NFL. Is it is it the injuries? Is it the offensive line? Is it the playmakers getting hurt? Is it aging Derrick Henry? It's, is it top it's downing? everything. Is, it, <laughs> is everything you're you talking rank, about. Can you like, prioritize say, what uh, you think is... I think no matter what you say about Todd Downing, okay? And you know me. I'm a fire Todd Downing guy. This offensive line is the worst offensive line I've ever seen the Tennessee Titans have. And that was with, Bad. there's been some with Will Svitek in, Svitek in it. And um, Andy Gallick was in there one time oh with God, him and I Jordan Potosi. <laughs> I mean, it was been pretty bad and pretty bleak for the Tennessee it's Titans true. in 2015. It was even bad. This is the worst offensive line. And I think it's a mismanagement of your resources by John Robinson, a mismanagement of your faith in play or misplaced faith in players. And a tape evaluation by Mike Vrabel to keep Dennis Daly in. And I think that if you look and if you listen to Mike Vrabel's presser on Monday, he said, we're going to give uh, Raven Clark a chance to compete. Dylan Raiden's not a tackle. It is dead. I never want to hear it spoke of after I do football and other F-words later today. <laughs> you got some things to he say is about dead. it. <laughs> Dylan Raiden's is not a left tackle in the viewpoint of this team. And I think that is ridiculous that they won't even play him at left tackle unless probably Raven Clark goes down and whoever they probably got on the practice squad goes down to Raven Clark. That's wild. The, the, the problem is, okay. So the offensive lines first, no matter if you're looking at the passing game, the, the running game, it is the offensive line and it cannot be fixed until the, offseason. It can, well, it could be fixed. You could have got, you, you could at least attempt fixes. Okay. Okay. So let me say that. That is the issue that I have about this offense and what I have about how Mike Vrabel's approaching. PK basically hammered him on this point, and I thank God that P PK was doing this because he basically said, you were able to get 16 defensive backs off the practice squad and rotate them in, and they played meaningful snaps, and they were able to contribute and show up in big moments. Why haven't you done that with the left tackle spot? Now, let me say this. To me... It's not about going out and finding left tackle spots on other people's practice squads and signing them. It's about why haven't you tried Dylan Radins? Why okay. haven't you tried LaRaven Clark before now? Why 
Are you only putting in your tight ends for four pass blocking snaps against the Philadelphia Eagles? Because Chick gives up a sack on that one. Well, yeah, but what about <laughs> no, what no, about no. your boy Jeff hey, Swain, Mike Vrabel? Don't you talk about Jeff Swain like that? And then why not go sign Eric Fisher, who the Dolphins, their left tackle goes on IR. Oh, well, we'll go sign a veteran presence out on the market in the free agent market, and we'll try to get this thing fixed. It, it does. It does seem odd. They love defense. I mean, that's just what it boils down to. <laughs> right. I, it seems odd that this is a position because it feels like it's also a position that Vrabel should be able to be hands on with. Right. And to have a greater impact. Like, sure, he knows how to teach a wide receiver how to stem properly and, you know, manipulate DBs and everything. Like, he could teach every position. But, like, do I trust him to coach the quarterback or coach the offensive line? It's the offensive line. Like, he should be able, he knows every trick in the book because he defeated every trick in the book. Yeah. Uh, he should be very good at developing offensive linemen the way he does on the defensive side. If anybody, if any position on the offense could be worked on, it just, it seems awfully strange that you're right. You can go find Andrew Adams after weeks of trying, you know, you find a guy that can start now for you whenever you need him to. And uh, like, okay, we'll Trey Avery undrafted. You're going to get it. We're going to find him and we're going to plug him in. He's not well, great. The, the, the magic great. wore off on that one. Like we all he's, predicted. He's not great, but like a guy that can give you some snaps and, uh, the offensive line, I agree with you, is the number one issue. And generally, and this applies to college and pro football, generally you cannot solve offensive line issues within the season. You can find a running back. You can find receivers, maybe even tight ends. Quarterback and offensive line are just two positions that you cannot fix generally within the, the framework well, of the Well, season. here's the thing, though. The, the I wrote about this on Friday for broad, or Saturday for BroadwaySportsMedia.com. So you can head over there. It's a premium article, so you have to be an insider. Sign up for your but insiderness. I, I went off of what we talked about on Thursday. I said D. Henber needs to send Burks to work. Okay. And I went through and I talked about how the offensive line is bad, but how Derrick Henry has slowed down. You you can see that in the yards before contact. They he is the out of all, I think it was out of qualified running backs, okay? So running backs with, I believe, at the time, it was uh, 75 carries minimum. He is 44th in yards before contact. Mm. Yards before contact. That means he's getting touched in the backfield. Early. Yeah. Uh, early. 44th. Now, that is the, I guess you would say, the worst total of his career since becoming a starter. It, was, it wasn't great last year. I believe it was in the 20s last year. But he's always been great after yards after contact. Well, the problem is that he's not great after yards after contact this year either. So at this point, yeah, yeah the offensive line sucks. And yes, maybe you could just go from 44th to 34th. But that makes a huge difference for this team. Like it's a couple first downs potentially the, a game. Like. A team like this, and this is what I, I, I just hit me. So a team where we talk about that one penalty can just ruin a whole drive, right? Yeah. The margin of error is so slim. Why can't the margin of solution be just as slim? So, like, okay, let's say that you fire Todd Downing. There's some some then, wisdom here. Yeah, coming out so of if you fire Todd Downing, why can't going from the 31st ranked offense to the 27th ranked offense not help this team's chances in the playoff? Why can't yeah, going oh, yeah, from, yeah. you know, the 44th ranked running back before yards before contact, getting... Dylan Raiden's in there, or getting LaRaven Clark in there, or getting Eric Fisher. Every, mar every going up thirty fourth. Every not margin help. counts. Is what you're saying. Every, margin every margin for counts. this specific team yeah, yeah. counts. Now it's not the same for other teams. Like if Lamar Jackson goes down, they're they're sunk, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, like it's not like that for other teams, but this team that is well coached for all intents and purposes, that has players around, 
elite players here and there. You have Jeffrey Simmons. You have, you know, Kevin Byer. David Long is playing at an all-pro level that's not being talked about enough. When you have these guys, these little margins of errors can help because this team wants to do what? Not turn the ball over, be, win in the trenches, and, and pa- good passer rating. Yeah. To do that, you just need little help. So I don't understand why. And, and it, like I said, it's not a 100% fix. It's not like, okay, well, they go sign Eric Fisher, and Derrick Henry's finishing this year 2,000 yards, and Ryan Tannehill has 40 touchdowns. Right, right. But I'm just looking for – I'm looking for just minimal steps in the right direction that this team is refusing to take year in and year out. So I, I – I know between the two of us, generally, I, I probably, strangely enough, ironically, I end up sort of skewing on the side of like optimism because I feel like the NFL is just this total, complete, like mystery box that you just don't know what's going to happen when you get to the postseason. No one had the Bengals going all the way to the Super Bowl last year. I, I think to your point about the margins, and this is where we'll say a nice couple of nice words about our wonderful and amazing friends, the Kingston Group. This offense needs a major renovation in the offseason. Yes. In the short term, it's like some small renovations. It's like that. Patching a hole in the wall and painting yes. it, you know, bright colors. And, and honestly, it is the best case scenario for this version of this team mm-hmm. this year with this playoff opportunity. It, and unfortunately, it's the same thing I've probably been saying to you guys, and you're probably tired of hearing now, which is they need Burks and Chig and Phillips and Racy to be healthy yep. and contributing. They need to lean a little bit more heavily on the passing attack. They need the offensive line to be as healthy and as productive as it's been all season long. They need Tannehill to not have just have one healthy ankle, you know, yeah. like just one of them be good. It would be great because he was clearly healthier at the start of the game against Philly. He was running around like we haven't seen in a couple of weeks, which is a good sign. Then he gets sacked and clearly he's in a lot of pain. But the only fix is like, again, Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. They need a massive renovation. The only thing they can do right now is like add a pergola. Yeah. Like that's all they can do. They can they can like touch up the driveway. They can put some landscaping in. Like there's not a lot they can do to this office. But that stuff makes you... F- Makes you as a homeowner feels good. Makes you feel it better. Feels good. It makes your house look immediately better, right? It may not look perfect and like what you want, but if you right. go and put new landscaping out at the front of your house, even though you're doing a bat, big, massive renovation project, and you just do big landscaping or do right. a pergola, you make your house look instantly better. Yes, and that's all we're looking for is instant fixes, instant little helps and tweaks for this Tennessee Titans offense. You know, I would go offensive line, Derrick Henry, Todd Downing. Then a predictable okay. play calling, yeah, and yeah. then I would go the play make or not or reliance on the passing. I, I mean, I think I agree with that order. Prior, if you're prioritizing, you know, like because nobody's scared of Derrick Henry anymore. They saw no. him fly up in the air by when jo- Jahad Ward hit oh, him back in and back one. in week one, <laughs> and nobody's been scared since. They're all okay with tackling him. He looks like Dallas Cowboys Eddie George right now. I, I think Jason says makes a great point here. He says, "Listen, uh, there's a gulf between fixed and improved." Surely to God, it can be improved. And I think that's what we're yeah. getting at here yeah. is that, again, buildkg.com. If you need the full renovation in the offseason to blow up the offensive line and draft some more talented weapons and all this other stuff, maybe perhaps have a new play caller. That's the Kingston Group renovation. That's the $200,000 renovation. Yeah. And that's, that's going to change in the offseason, right? I mean, right. they, they right. surely, surely it will happen in the <laughs> sure. offseason. It will. Don't call me surely. <laughs> yeah. The improvements, though, I think the best case scenario, again, are for all the weapons to be as healthy as possible for Tannehill to be as healthy as possible. And, and then just hope to God you figure out the offensive line. And then truly the matchup in the first round is going to play a lot into this. If it's the chargers, for example, right? I, I think that's a great matchup for the Titans in the first round of the playoffs in terms of the defensive line and how they can run the football. If you somehow end up running into the Bengals in a wild card game or well, I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to, yeah, well, they, they should, 
Now, Baltimore um, without Lamar, what do they look like? New England doesn't scare me on offense. No. So, so if you want to get into a rock fight with New England, I feel pretty good about that oh, at home yeah. at Nissan Stadium. So the point is, is that with all of these little improvements that, that happen on the offense, let's say hypothetically, there is still a very good chance that they're playing in the, the second round of the NFL playoffs yeah. with a chance. That's all you ask for in the NFL is a chance. So can it be fixed? No. Can it be improved? Yes. yes. But that takes and but you now effort. you're getting into this late year, late into the season where it's harder to improve because you chose yeah. to ignore yeah. what was going on. Fudge and ignored it. <laughs> fudge and fudge and ignored it. Come out here to the pharmacy, by the way. Uh, you get to family family spot here, so we're gonna stay away from all the football. It's just football and a couple of f words is is what yeah. we're doing here today on the show. Uh, but great burger, great brats, great great tots. You got great mustard, best mustard in the entire city, of course, and. Locally sourced beers from local breweries. Where else do you get that in Nashville with, with the Great Burger? And look at this place. Look at you got the ambiance. You got the Christmas tree back here. Look how beautiful this place is. You come Looking and sit good. down. You relax. You have a beer. You have a burger. You feel better about your Tennessee Titans. There you go. All right, the defense um, failed to adapt. I, I will say I think injuries played a huge role in without Autry Simmons not healthy, losing Fulton, David Long as you said already playing at an All Pro level out for a big chunk of that game. It's hard to take like the four best players off of any defense and expect them to keep up. But to be fair, they weren't Man. looking that great before they went off. No, they weren't. Now, Philadelphia has got so many stinking weapons. Uh, they tried to man up on those receivers, and you said it. You said you want to force the Eagles to throw. You got your wish, big guy. Yeah. Well, I didn't expect <laughs> Trey Avery and Roger McCreary to be left on yeah, the island true. while they're over there, you know, bracketing with Christian Fulton. I didn't understand. Here's here's the thing. They did what they've done from weeks one through week 11. We're going to rush four, and we're going to hope our coverage holds up. Good job, guys. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, at some point. It didn't work this time. Yeah, at some point, you have to kind of look at these teams. It didn't work against Buffalo. Why do you think that Roger McCreary can go, you know, step by step with Devontae Smith or even Quez Watkins? Why do you think that even Roger, Roger McCreary, Trey Avery alone on AJ Brown in it, certain situations? 30, it, 30, 30 on 11, 30 on 11 made no sense. Yeah, that made no sense. It was, it's perplexing. And this is like when they had Trey Avery on uh, Stefan Dix. It, it just doesn't make sense not to adapt your game plan on just tweaking it instead of saying, Hey, Kevin Byer, we're going to put you with our best corner. We're going to put you over here with our worst corner. You know, that's all you got to do. I don't understand this lack of this lack of flexibility that this um, defense has during the game when they know that it's not working. Well, we're just going to continue to do it. Eventually, eventually we'll find gold, right? They're just digging a hole. We'll, we'll find <laughs> gold. We'll find pan- China. Just yeah. <laughs> like, give me a break. Uh, I, so what's funny is I, I think Autry, we're starting to see for those that did not already know. Yeah how big of an impact he is. And again, Long, Fulton, uh, Simmons, we, we, we can go down the list. The key is, and I think this is where I will kind of, again, I'm always going to, I guess I'm always half half full guy on this show. I've never play, played that role before. It's kind of nice. I, I think... I, You're usually the villain. I Well, yes. I, you know, I just talk enough until people are like, that's enough. <laughs> um, no, I think what's interesting about the stretch down, going down the stretch is they have so many winnable games that I think they can err on the side of caution with a couple of their most important yeah. pieces. And if you're going to err on the side of caution and still be able to win the division 
and still be like you're basically locked into a four seed. And this is sort of the benefit of what their situation is right now, which is they can say, look, Jeffrey Simmons, you may need an you may need an extra day off. You may need an extra week off. You know, Autry, we're not ready for you to come back because what we need you for is we need you for the playoff game. We need these guys for the playoff game. So I'm I'm okay with them being careful, erring on the side of caution with all these defensive players who, if they are all fully healthy and those improvements happen on offense, I think this team can absolutely win a wild card game and can absolutely go on the road and challenge somebody. Do you think Trey Avery lost his all pro spot? He probably lost some all pro votes because uh, my my God, this this Titans fan base has got driven me all up the wall. All pro votes? Oh, I mean, I'm being a little facetious, but obviously, but <laughs> I mean, the way that they had talked about Trey Avery over these last two weeks, talking like he they found a diamond in the rough, they found one, they got a good one, even if you know Caleb Farley doesn't work out. Oh, they got Trey Avery. And I'm thinking, and I'm Caleb, sitting there on Caleb the boat. Farley. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, I'm sitting there on the boat, and I'm thinking, these idiots, they're just setting <laughs> themselves up for fail. Why do y'all do this? You knew that Trey Avery was not going to continue being what he's supposed to be. So let me ask you Or this, what he looked to be. Let me ask you this about the ad- adaptability of the defense. Obviously, a lot of injuries. Yeah. We've seen this unit deal with that mm-hmm. for, for a couple of years now. But they don't change anything. Like it's so that, <clears throat> Excuse me. So I guess that's my question is... Is this now the moment where we need to see Vrabel and Bowen earn their stripes from a schematic standpoint? Because you obviously didn't like what they were doing against, yeah. against the Eagles. Even, even with their healthy players, they weren't doing a good job, there's, I thought. There's a lot of weapons for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, listen, they got dudes let me they say, throw the ball to. Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you're going to put Trey Avery on Christian Kirk, if anybody remembers uh, Arizona week one last year where Christian Kirk had Elijah Molden in the blender, <laughs> he can tell him what he's going to be able to do over yeah, there. Then you got Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. Yeah, He's, yeah. he's an okay. Let's He's let's confident settle. right now, I said. Well, he got injured and lost yesterday, and he's already yeah. in his feels after being huh. blown out 40 to all 14. The, all the feels. He's a, is in all of his feels. He's a he's an emotional millennial. He does look like Charlotte Bird from Ozark. I don't know if you've ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I every time I see him throw a pass, I'm just like, where's where's Marty? Yeah, like, where's Marty and Wendy Bird? The uh, I mean, I'm just I, yeah. They got weapons, and yes, like I said, they'll they'll probably he'll probably have like a game of oh like 250 yards and like two touchdowns and okay. one interception or something. But the the problem is that this this they can't generate turnovers. They are they're in the desert wandering for days looking for a turnover from the defensive backs. Yeah. The defensive backs cannot get an interception to save their life. I think they're going to end up with maybe four on the season. If they get another one, I think they're at two or three. If they get four, I think that may be the lowest in NFL history in a long time from yeah. your defensive back unit. That, that's supposed to be one of the better. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess that's my question is what we'll wrap up the defense side here. What is it that we want to see from like a, assuming these pieces aren't fully healthy. What is the thing we want? Do we want to see more of a player? Do we want to see more of a scheme? Do we want to see more? What is the Simmons thing? has got to come back. I, I I don't care about the bum ankle. I just don't care. You Simmons, want to rest him? No, no. Simmons has got to show up. I mean, listen, you Need know, someone, someone said, um, you know, they're, they're lowering his contract value by playing them. You know, this is kind of like one of those things, like it's a little bit of a joke. And I said, well, if anything, they're raising the price up because he's thinking I'm having to do all this sh- crap by myself. And I think, you can, I think you can say shit. You think I can say shit? I don't see any I'm kids. having to do all this, uh, do kids. all this shit by myself, carry this team by myself. And you still got me out here playing for this team when you guys aren't, you know, doing anything to help us out. It's a chick back here with a Bengal shirt yeah. on, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. You see the top of her head right there over my shoulder right here? <laughs> All you can see is the top of her head. She's wearing a Bengal shirt. 
but shit, you can you know, shit around I, I mean, he's got he's got to step up. People. I mean, I don't think you rushed Danico Autry back. They signed uh, Carlos Basham. Carlos Basham. Uh, do you want me to look it up while you talk? Yeah, they this Basham kid. <laughs> they signed. They signed him today. That mean may mean that they're going to keep on resting Danico Autry, which I think is the right move at this point, considering your schedule. If you think you can bring him back, Terrell Basham. Terrell Basham. Uh, Terrell. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I think um, you got to rest rest him. But you know this defense is it's elite against bad teams, and yeah. I'm all for it. And listen, it was elite against Kansas City. But Kansas City is a good matchup. It's kind of like how the Bengals have a really piss poor defense until they play the Tennessee Titans, and then their defense plays out of this world. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's all about the matchups in the NFL, and they match up really well against the Tennessee Titans, and the Bills match up really well against Tennessee Titans, and I think the Titans defense matches up really well against the Kansas City offense. Anything else you want to get off your chest about the game? No, I'll, we... I'll, I'll get a couple things that I'm going to say for uh, football and other F-words okay. and everything. Because I know we got important college football talk. Football and other F-words, of course, the podcast, you and Mike Herndon, everywhere you get your podcast, of course, check that out. And yes, Stoney, I am bartending today. I am serving up the beverages while Zach serves up the takes. Uh, there just there needs to be some beverages. Yeah, then no beverages. We need to get some beverages here. What are we doing? Piss poor bartender. Piss zero, <laughs> zero tip. Well, look... <laughs> Can I make the slow service in East Nashville joke? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. Or is that offensive to the pharmacy? <laughs> we love the pharmacy. So come on out, of course. Great place to take the kids. Great place. You got the soda rail back here. Even if there's a Cincinnati Bengals fan back there, I'm sure she's fine. You got the Christmas spirit going on everywhere. Great place to grab, uh, you know, bring bring the group, bring the date, bring the kids. You can do whatever you want here. It's great. Uh, and you know what? No screens. So you'll actually interact and talk to the people you care about. Imagine that. Imagine that how. may be deterrent for some people. Well, no, it's not the holiday. I mean, it's not Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. You're not here with your like uncle you don't want to talk to. You're here with your friends that you like. Yeah. Don't come to the pharmacy <laughs> where you only bring people you like. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Don't bring don't bring idiots. Don't bring people you don't like to the pharmacy. Uh, this is exactly what they paid for, of course. Uh, so obviously, look at this place. It's gorgeous. Come on out. Hang out at the pharmacy here in McFerrin Avenue. East Nashville, of course. All right. Uh, Tim says, bring the kids, just not when Zach is around. Fully agree. Hey, hey, I do not want to be around your kids. I, I I hear that, but I will give you some credit. You do have some kid wrangling experience mm-hmm. with some with some like nieces and nephews, yeah. right? Like, he, oh, I'm I'm great with kids. Yeah, I just don't kids. like kids. Okay, that's it has it has nothing to do with my ability to take care of a child. It has everything <laughs> with my ability to like a child. Kids can be annoying, but they're also a joy. I love my kids. Love you guys. Uh, all right, we'll talk a little college football here. The committee. Think they got it right? Yeah. Alabama I mean, pe- pe- you know, listen, <laughs> you, you say Alabama fan, but I, that makes me want to jump into like Saban's Fry Fest uh, we'll get to press that. tour. We'll get to that. Um, but the, I mean, they got it right. Doesn't matter though. I mean, that's really like to me, mm. all this belly aching from UT fans and all this belly aching from Alabama fans and all the belly aching from the general sports fans who just don't want to see Alabama in. Would it really have fucking mattered? If any, if TCU's in, if Alabama's in, if Ohio State's in, does it really matter? It is Georgia versus Michigan, and it is Georgia's championship to lose. And I don't see any, uh, barring injuries, I don't see any way that Georgia is going to lose to any team in the, in the college football playoffs that had the hopes to get in. I tend to agree. First blush, I tend to agree. That being said, Alabama was a nine-point favorite against Ohio State in 2014, and Ohio State went on to win the national championship. Um, TCU, I believe, is a seven-point underdog as well. They've somehow figured out ways to win almost every single game. Obviously, the Big 12 championship game against Kansas State in overtime, notwithstanding. 
Um, I do think both games could be closer than we think. If Georgia's honestly, I think Georgia kind of got, I don't want to say hosed in this, but to be 13 and 0, to be the first time they've ever been 13 and 0 with an SEC championship and the number one seed. And what's your, what's your, what's your reward? Your reward is to play uh, arguably the best collection of offensive skill weapons in the country with CJ Stroud and probably a far healthier Ohio State offense with like first round draft picks everywhere. This is one of the only teams in America that matches up talent for talent with Georgia's defense. Yeah, well, so it's I not, mean, I'm just saying, I mean, unless they get a new coach between now and then, I mean, that is the key. This <laughs> this comes down to Kirby Smart yeah. versus Ryan Day, and this is why you are the coach at Ohio State right. is to coach up these moments. I like Georgia to win the whole thing. I, I think for some reason, I feel like Michigan will actually play well in the national championship game. I don't know I why. I said that last I year when Michigan play, played at Georgia. I thought, man, I watched Michigan beat Ohio State, and I'm thinking, man, this team can run all over anybody. This team can do what you need it to do, and they'll be able to beat Georgia. And and maybe they're closer than what LSU made it and what the, some other teams may, have made it in the past. But let's be honest. It's just Georgia's. We're just I'm living picking Georgia. No, no I'm, I'm picking Georgia, but yeah. I, I'm trying to convince myself of why this could be more interesting. And I do think Michigan. Is, you sound like me last year when I was trying to convince myself that Cincinnati <laughs> and Alabama was going to be a close game. Yeah, but, well, I do think experience and number one, Michigan changing quarterbacks to JJ McCarthy. The entire point was to be able to be more dynamic on yeah. offense. It's sort of like what you've been asking the Titans to do forever is to evolve and use yeah. the passing game to set up the run. Well, that's kind of what Michigan did. How long has John McCarthy. Harbaugh been there? So, the, so I can have a timeline of when, I, when they're actually going to do it for the Titans. <laughs> I think this is year eight. Is year eight? Okay, so, so we're getting go. close. Couple, we only got like a couple, couple more years. Couple more years of Titans. Couple more years of titans random offensive obscurity um no so he makes the switch to mccarthy i think michigan's a little bit more talented on offense than they were last year they also have experience of having been there i think being in the playoff the first time ever i think that hurts you tcu for yeah. example i think the fact that 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 michigan's been there and done it they know how to handle this month of preparation i think all of that stuff so i think the committee got it right in theory i I you, think you Alabama, still think that Alabama is like one of the, the well, top best teams. I, I just don't get it. Well, they would be favored. And I'm an Alabama fan. They would, I cannot wrap my head around. They would be favored against every team in America, not named Georgia. They'd be favored over Michigan. You think? They, yes, they'd be favored over Michigan. I think they, I don't know if they're better than Michigan. I think they're better than TCU. And I think they're better than Ohio State. Now, am I okay with I Alabama know. being left out? Am I yeah. okay with the decision that the committee made? I'm totally fine with it. I'm not pitching a fit about this. But if you are... I think what has happened, and this speaks to sort of, I know you want to go off on Saban, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but I, I, I think that, and I've said this on the show before, I think Alabama fatigue has created like, a, like a critical thinking blockade in people's brains where they, where they only judge Alabama against Alabama of the past and not against TCU. And don't tell me if TCU had played Alabama schedule that they'd be sitting there at 13 and one. I just, or 12 and one. I just don't think so. And if you played head to head, I'm picking Alabama. Alabama has a top five defense. TCU is not in the top 50. See, I, I think I Alabama, Alabama, I think all. Alabama and TCU could, could make a case. I don't think Alabama is as good as Ohio State, Michigan, or, okay. or Georgia. And again, I, or a healthy UT. No Clemson, no Alabama, no Oklahoma. I'm yeah. good. I'm good with the playoff with new teams. I like seeing new stuff. But, but it's but, just this is the. But I don't think people use rational thinking with yeah. Alabama. I think oh, they I, hate I, I so, agree. They hate them so much that they don't allow themselves to acknowledge that Alabama actually is a pretty damn good football. Yeah, I, I think they're they're good. I just don't think that they're. I don't. I think them. They. It's pretty much how they were described. If they got in, they would be sneaking in. And I think that's an. Uh, would you want to play them in a twelve-team playoff? Hell, in no. a twelve-team. Hell no. I don't know. No I mean, you know, once you get Who to the top, who else are you scared of in college football? Once you get to the t top four, the, the problem is that this team 
all, has so many holes compared to its past rosters that I know that there are other teams that could pro- like. Th- Clemson, I think this Alabama- Clemson. No, of course no, not. not at all. But I mean, like it w- again. I guess I go back to the Titans on this. What good's a twelve-team playoff thing if you're not going to make it to the finals? Like I don't know even if they'd make it to the it, finals. Well, in college, it matters a lot more to just get in than in the yeah. NFL. In the NFL, getting in is not. You don't like hang bangers for ba- bangers. Yeah. You don't bangers. hang. You don't hang banners for getting in, but like the, the fact that Ole Miss or Kentucky could get into a playoff, and even if they get blown out, that's yeah, something just, they celebrate. The, the, you know, know forever. the platitudes and stuff just aren't for me. Like I'm just not well, that okay, guy. But where, it's not a balanced sport, though. That's the difference. Yeah, like, people. I fall in love with college football because of the imperfections, right? And because it's not fair. <laughs> like it's yeah. not fair. Whereas in the NFL, everything is fair. Everything is equal. It is about merit. It is about I just, what I just have a hard time thinking that this Alabama team is as good as it is in your mind. I, I, I guess I'll land in the middle. I think it's somewhere in between how they are in your mind and how they are, how the rest of the world sees it. Oh, they're a two loss team and they, you know, lost to LSU and they lost to UT there. It's, it's somewhere yeah. in between there where they're, yes, it's kind of like Tennessee. Yeah. They're probably the fourth best team in the AFC. So I think maybe like Alabama could be the fourth or fifth best team in college football. I, I, but I don't think that that's good enough uh, compared to yeah. Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama to really, or Georgia, I guess, to really matter yeah, if I, they got in or that, not. That all makes sense. I get all of that. I think that I, I have a difficult time with if if a freshman tight end drops a pass, one pass on a two point conversion in Baton Rouge, we are not having this conversation. They are number three in the rankings. Yeah, and they're in, and I just I feel like taking an entire body of work, twelve full games of sixty minutes and a bunch of overtimes, and their only loss then would be on the final play of the game to Tennessee in a magical night where like, you know, fifteen years of but, history. I mean, that, built but up. in reality, you're judging them on what happened. But no, I agree, and but that's why Tennessee, for example, I don't if Hendon Hooker is healthy and they don't get give up sixty three. Then we're having a different conversation about Tennessee, but you got blown out, and yeah. that's my problem with Ohio I, I, State. I, the problem with UT is that they got blown out and lost Hendon Hooker. But, I think that if one or the other would have had, like, if Hendon Hooker had stayed healthy and maybe they still got blown out, they'd probably maybe. still put him in. I don't think they would have gotten in with two losses. You don't think so? Two loss team has never made it in. Here's the problem with Ohio State: is that they their only loss to the best team they played was also a blowout. Yeah. Alabama didn't have a blowout. They were not. They did not get blown out. They have two wins over ranked teams. They have a win over Ole Miss on the road. I mean, they just. I mean, technically, UT got blown out by Georgia too. That's I, mean, my, I don't think Tennessee had any prayer of getting in, but yeah. that's again, that's neither here nor there. Now I will say this: let's 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 go to yeah. Tennessee. Let's go to Tennessee here because I do think that some perspective is important here before we wrap up here. Of course, live from the pharmacy. Come on by, grab yourself a beer, uh, grab yourself a burger, some tots. You got the soda rail here, all kinds of cool stuff for the kids. You can get out of here in like less than fifty bucks. Great place for a date. All that great stuff. Come over to the pharmacy. Um, I do think it's important for Tennessee fans to have some perspective about this season. That's asking a lot of UT fans, <laughs> just so you know. It's, it's a lot of syllables in that word. Yeah. I got it. I Think about where you were less than two years ago, less than 24 months ago. Think where you were last year. People are already kind of like wavering on Josh, well, Coach Josh Dad. Well, but think about the Coach, Coach Josh Dad. Uh, think about this in January, early January, late December of last two years ago. You you were facing massive NCAA investigation. You were firing a coach. You had no idea who your athletic director was going to be. You 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 didn't know what the future held for your program. Once again, going through the same exact cycle, and now you are number six in the final college football playoff rankings with a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback injured. You still get to finish number six. You get to ten wins for the first time since I was in college in two thousand and three. This was an extraordinary season, and I think Tennessee fans. 
the playoff was never once you got once you got beat by South Carolina, the playoff was out. Okay, it, it had nothing to do with the hooker injury. You you sucked that night, no. and you're done. You're done. It, it was you, you don't lose twice and get blown out by an, an average team, a good to average team, and make the playoff. It doesn't happen. You know, a UT fan told me they beat the crap out of uh, Clemson. South Carolina did, and I go. They won by one point. Yeah, they they won on a bunch of turnovers and Beamer yeah. ball. No, no, that was that was not true. You were you were correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just think, I think it's important to just step back and say, look, look at all the memories we had this year. Look at how like awesome and fun the season was. You got a wide receiver who's probably going to win the Bolitnikoff Award. Mm-hmm. You got a quarterback who's probably going to be in New York for uh, as a finalist. He is not going to win the award, but he could be there as a finalist. For the first time in my career as a Heisman voter, there was a Tennessee player on my ballot. So I'm not supposed to say that, but that that's the case. Um, for those of you watching on the live stream here and listening on the pod, we appreciate it. That's the extra nugget you get today. I just think you need some perspective. Enjoy the season. Step back and say, I can't believe we went from complete and utter garbage and dumpster fire NCAA investigation. No idea who our AD and coach is going to be to number six in the nation in less than 24 months. That is a remarkable and getting uh, coaches poached. You and, know, for other jobs. And and in this this is a conversation for many more shows from now. Yeah. But Hendon Hooker's gone. Cedric Tillman's gonna be gone. Alex Golish is now gone. Josh Josh, Coach Josh Dad's gonna have a lot of work to do yeah. this offseason. A lot of a lot of work. So just just enjoy it. I, I think I think I think you're taking the right perspective. I mean, I, I don't think that there's any way that you could really without Hendon Hooker and the blowout happening that you could really have any kind of hopes at the college football playoffs that they were ever going to put you in. Like I, I saw people rooting for Georgia, Michigan, uh, TCU, and um, USC USC to all lose, and then somehow they were trying to do mental gymnastics. I'm thinking, well, how would you jump Alabama? You're already behind Alabama. Yeah. Like, and I'm not advocating for Alabama to be in. I, I've made that very clear. I think Alabama. I mean, like, a, yeah, but I mean, when Alabama's ahead of you, right, right, right. You, they've the playoff committee has already decided that without any more games to be played, Alabama is better than Tennessee. And Ohio, that wasn't going to change by other teams playing. And Ohio State ahead of both of them. Yes, that was uh, the committee did that last two weeks ago because they were Ohio State was always the backstop, right. In case somebody lost. Yes. And what's interesting is TCU loses; they didn't even drop a spot. They so. almost they almost got blown out because I sent you a text. I'm thinking, well, holy crap! I, yeah. I didn't never would have thought that USC and TCU would have lost, but for both of them to lose in a wild blowout. No, is, the greatest crazy. And then they came back. The greatest rivalry in all of college football is Utah versus your championship dreams. There's no question <laughs> about that. Um, I, but yeah, UT's got to have a different perspective on this. I mean, they, they, they can't be disappointed. In fact, I think they got the most interesting bowl game out of all the bowl games. I think Clemson, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in I don't, on watching UT. I do not Clemson. pay attention to where teams are going. Well, yeah. all that matters. Is I don't you, know where they're playing. I just know that they're playing each other. <laughs> I think it's the Orange Bowl. All that matters is that you get in and you get the extra practice time and the check cashes. That yeah. is what matters about going to bowl games. Um, I, I real quickly on on the the TCU thing, just quickly a couple of narratives that I think people need to just if if you are a, a person in this area of the country defending football in this area of the country, you probably have heard one of your buddies from the north or from the west or from the ACC say. Oh, the, the SEC bias, big brand bias. It's always big brands that get into the playoff. It's always the SEC that gets into the playoff. Well, the Big 12 just lost in a championship game, TCU, just lost in the championship game and got in ahead of Ohio State and ahead of Alabama. So there's your big brand bias yeah. out the window. Ohio State got in as a non-champion. TCU got in as a non-champion. Two Big Ten teams got in. There's your SEC deep state cabal out the window. Just don't give me this conspiracy theory crap anymore like we've seen enough evidence to know the committee is just trying to put the best four teams yeah. 
into the playoff. Let's hope that it actually lives up to it and we get four great games. Otherwise, and, Tennessee fans, enjoy the season, man. It and, was a great and don't, year. And don't worry about what like Paul Feinbaum and um, Gary Danielson and all these guys that are basically SEC guys are trying to... Paul is for sure. Yeah, trying to get, you know, out, trying to talk themselves into getting Alabama into the playoffs. Like, to me, it's just like, guys... Do you want to... You, well, you want to go on a rant here? Yeah. You want to take some space to really explore the uh, the beautiful soda rail in the bar in here? <laughs> I am in Christmas tree. For the first time in my career, I'm thoroughly embarrassed to be an Alabama fan since before Nick Saban. What about the teabagging incident in New Orleans? Mm, you embarrassed by that one? I don't think so. What about the person who got in a shotgun fight with another person who were both Alabama fans? Because well, that, well that, I, I don't associate with them. Because that person. So, like, I'm just talking wasn't about, cheering hard enough for Alabama. But I'm talking strictly by the team itself. Okay, like right. I, I haven't been I haven't been that embarrassed since like pre Saban <laughs> era. Um oh you're talking like losing to UL Monroe like yeah okay, like this you, this is this is pretty I, I for lack of a better term it's very pathetic and <laughs> I think it's very I thought I thought it would be very beneath Nick Saban to go on this kind of press tour to kind of promote his team that couldn't close out games and that was shaking in their boots at Nayland Stadium. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I find it. I find it cheap. I find it loser mentality. It's like it's mixing in everything I hate about millennials to go on and complain about Twitter with my favorite coach, who is the anti-millennial. Like I, him and Bill Belichick to me are like the anti-millennials. And I could never dream that Bill Belichick would be going around and talking about how good the Patriots are and how much they deserve playoff spot. If there was like a playoff committee, <laughs> like give me a, give me a break. Nick Saban. Uh, are I mean, you, are I mean, you, are you embarrassed by a, uh, the poisoning of the trees by Harvey Updike as we've got a few no, comments. No, I don't care about trees, you're, but you're not trees. embarrassed that he, that he as an Alabama fan went and killed tumors corner. You're not embarrassed. No, that. no I don't care. That's you're better than that. Fudge offer. You're better. You're better. No, than I, that. I don't care about trees and these traditions. I apologize, Tim. To. Tim, I am sorry. For, I will no. apologize for. I mean, I've ro- to hey, you, Tim. Well, here's how I'll, I'll look you, at. Tim. I got to roll tumors corner, so I really don't care. You got to do that one time. Yeah, I got it's it. quite fun, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, they beat Alabama too. <laughs> so you just like, just yeah, I've been like, walking by, just picked one up and rolled it. <laughs> Screw it. I don't think that. I think it's against the bylaws of the Iron Bowl or something. Yeah, I don't it's, know. Too bad for right. them. I don't live All by right. the rules. I, I, I don't it, live by Mother Nature's or anybody's <laughs> rules. Gravity be damned. Uh, I think I think your point is is that Nick Saban uh, sounded a little pathetic. Oh, pathetic, Ca- whiny about his team. Uh, bitchy. Last two possessions, we lost on the final Doesn't, two plays. Of don't both care. Games. I, don't care. Your I, loss is a loss. I, That's I, just how I am. Yeah. Yeah. Loss <laughs> is a loss. Don't 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 go out and. Get on your Zoom call and go out there and try to, you know, do some kissing of the babies and handshaking and all this stuff. Try to get your team in. You know how you try to get your team in? You make sure that they're prepared to go in against Nayland Stadium and listen to that crowd noise and not get a bunch yeah. of penalties. That's what you should be doing. <laughs> I think the one uh, that bothered me the most was the um, how a team is playing late in the year should matter or something like that one kind of. Yeah. I was like, Nick, you did that one. It's not a good look. If you want to make the case that you your your only two losses were two really, really, really did good any losses. Other coaches do this well, press tour. It has happened in the past for like years. Yeah, like Mac Brown famously did it in like 2009, and he ended up getting his team into the championship in the BCS. Do you think that's why though? No, but like they do the campaign. Like they yeah. always kind of go on this tour where they're they're because it's human beings now making the decision. So if human beings are making the decision. There's a chance that you could subconsciously sneak a, a talking point in there. The bottom line was the committee was never going to put Bama or Tennessee in because the, the, the Ohio State excuse was sitting. 
here's the thing. The committee does not have to explain to you why Ohio State's in. If they jumped Alabama in over Ohio State, they would have to come out and explain it. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to do that than it is to say, oh, Ohio State was the best team with one loss. We put them in. So I, don't, I actually understand why Saban was doing it because I believe that they are better than Ohio State and TCU. So I believe that Alabama is the third best team. If I was in charge of the committee, I probably would put Alabama in. I would have to then come out and try to explain it to all of you why I think that. And it's because I watched all 12 games and I think they're better. But that's my opinion. And I'm not on the committee. So, yeah, I understand why he did it. I do think some of the things he was saying were just like, that's kind of weak, dude. Like, that's yeah. soft. Like, you need to. The whole, the whole thing was just soft so. and very is very Bush League. Like, I just said he I didn't lose did to like his it. rival by 40 points at home, though. So. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Ohio State did. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't believe I'm actually defending Alabama and Nick Saban. I feel like I need to go take a shower. So it's very weird. I was not expecting this, this uh, turn of events. Listen, Zach, sometimes we what? I, I can't even read this. You learn how to edit your 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 comments. Who who is Stony? Listen, Zach, sometimes we gotta we got we got a little D to get we got a little, got we got a S, S a little, little D, D to get what we want. Oh, it's like a little dick. Oh, oh, there we go. Uh, what we want. I'm not hating hey. the man Roll Tide. <laughs> I want to make so many jokes. There's no kids, are there? I think everybody could use that. Anyway, um, all he, right. He felt he had to censor it for the kids. Yes, for the, for the kids. It's just really hard to read. It is, it is very difficult yeah. to read. And then and then I landed as you were saying it, and I said, please don't say it. And then you did. So anyway, uh, pharmacy, of course, we're right here in East Nashville. They've got a location downtown if you care about that too. So go check that out. Yes. Well, of course, East East and McFerrin, great place to come hang out. You got the beautiful soda rail, the soda bar. Let me you give beers, you a hint. Burgers, all kinds of great stuff. Let me give you a hint. If you go down to Fifth and Broadway, park, or really if you're going downtown anywhere, park at the Music City Center. It is so much easier to get in and out of. You never have a hassle, and you'll you never have to fight traffic to get in there. I tend to agree. We took our we took the girls to Marin Morris mm-hmm. on uh, Friday night, and we wanted to show them the debauchery yeah. that took place on Lower Broad. So, like, but we parked in that corner uh, up there on Sixth and Dumbumbrain up there by the Music City Center, and then we did a little loop around uh, the Hilton there and around all that stuff. Took a look at everything, showed them the whole thing. It still smells like ass downtown. I don't know when that's going to change, but that, still smells terrible. Never. They were they were kind of like, oh, these are cool signs, and I was like. Yeah, that's the one that mom used to hang out in. That's the one I used to hang out in like 15 years ago. Um, and they had not, like, they're four and five years old. They hadn't really been downtown much. They've been to a couple of Ryman shows and Preds games. But, like, you know, Broadway's, eh, come over here to East Nashville. Come to the pharmacy. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying come if you're going here. to visit Fifth and Broadway it to is... get to the pharmacy, which is at Fifth and Broadway. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where the the new pharmacies is downtown. That's right. Get, get the Music City Center. Okay. I mean, let me tell you something. I went to Fifth and Broadway for our anniversary weekend. We went uh, on nuts. Saturday. I love Fifth and Broadway itself, but my God, I parked in their parking garage because I thought I was going to get free. Um, oh, I was going to get a little bit of valet validation. Nope. I did not get validation. I, do I did park- not get validation for my wife either. <laughs> I was told not I was an idiot. No, I was told I was an idiot. I had no self validation, like literal validation. words of validation. <laughs> uh, but it was a train wreck getting in there. And it was the worst, like the Music City Center in out. I boom. do park at Fifth and Broad for Ryman shows, though, because it's across the street. I do that a lot. So if you're in there and you want a burger, go to the pharmacy, the pharmacy. down there. You can come over here, though, and not worry about parking. Yeah. Always get a great table. You got all this, all kinds of cool going on back here. They got the Christmas spirit going. And of course, Kingston Group, buildkg.com. If you have any big decisions to make about your house, any renovations, or if you're a Titans offense that needs a complete rebuild, just give them a call. Just talk to them, Mike. Okay. Okay, Coach Vrabes. Just talk to the Kingston Group. See what they can do for your offense. Buildkg.com. 
Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Broadway Sports Media, 440 Sports, all the other pods. Not a victory Monday. What else you got for the folks? Is that it? Uh, we've got football under there for it. It's broadwaysportsmedia.com. Uh, Broadway Sports Media will do after every game. In fact, I got one out this morning. Um, I saw that uh, article this morning. So the morning after is what, what I'm calling it. The morning after where I actually put my thoughts in about the game, maybe like one overarching thought or a couple of thoughts after I've actually got to be able to like decompress from the, the game. And uh, today was basically what we talked about at the beginning of the show, which was they are who we always thought they were. Yes. Or who at least I tried to tell you they were. Well, you guys just sat here in the comments and shat on me and told me I was negative Nancy. It just turns out I was just right. He was just, he was like just usual, always uh, right. Every time, never he, wrong. Every time he posts, a, he puts, he puts up a poll question for everyone to answer. You know, he does that, and then he writes an article off it. It's called the morning after poll. That's yeah, what it's called. there you go. Uh, for Zach, I am Braden, and I'm, I'm gonna quit talking after that one. Thanks for hanging out with us. Of course, we appreciate you guys. Rate, review, subscribe, share the product. Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you later. This has been football show.